You are listening to Currents, a podcast of big ocean women. Today is a part of our community action series where we share inspiring stories of women like you who have risen to the occasion and helped to bring solutions to the challenges or needs of their communities. We hope that you will recognize that you each have something to give, whether large or small, and often it only takes asking the question of what can I do to become part of the solution. The Currents podcast aims to gather women who are deliberate thinkers, women who are prepared to engage as powerful forces for good in their homes, their communities, and the world. I am today's host, Dan and Rob. Welcome to the show. There are two tenets that I feel resonate with our topic today. First is the model of powerful impact, that our true power comes from within, then extends to our families, the community, and the world. And the second tenant that, that I'm hoping we'll touch on is that we are empowered by our feminine nature and biology, and we honor our procreative power. I'm so excited to introduce you to today's guest, who recognized a need in her community following that model of powerful impact, and rose to the occasion to help women honor their feminine and maternal biology and gifts. Our guest today is Aditi Aromi. Thank you for joining us, Aditi. Thanks for having me, Dana. One of the things that impresses me the most about you is your ability to make things happen. You see an opportunity or a need, and you do something about it. You don't wait for somebody else to jump in. <laughs> but before we jump into the service you provide for the community, tell us a little bit about yourself. I, I have lots of fun little segments about me. Um, let's see, some interesting things. I was actually raised in Central America uh, for a few years and in Mexico, um, where I later ended up in San Diego, California. Always wanted to end up here in St. George, so I'm glad I finally got here. I met my husband 22 years ago. Five months later, we got married. I um, have two beautiful children, and um, I'm a homeschooling mom. I own some businesses, and I keep myself quite busy. So that's just a little bit about me. So you've created this nonprofit called Free to Feed. Let's hear the story behind that. Absolutely. So um, I had my first pregnancy experience in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We had been married 10 years before God blessed us with a child in my belly. And so when I gave birth, I had some breastfeeding issues at the hospital. And one of the th cool resources that they provided there in Grand Rapids was a breastfeeding support group. And that was able to get me lifted off the ground with a successful breastfeeding journey, which we later went about 19 months before my uh, daughter self-weaned at 19 months. So we moved here to St. George about nine years ago. And two months after we moved here, I found out I was pregnant with my second. So, of course, the first thing I did was Googled breastfeeding support here in St. George. Mm -hmm. And I didn't find much. Actually, at that time, nine years ago, there was a La Leche League in Cedar City, which was about a 45-minute drive. And they met a couple times a month. So I decided that it was something that was important to me to have that support and saw that there was nothing here in town, which amazed me as many families are here, lots of children. So it was either A, there was just nothing here, or people just had no breastfeeding issues in St. George, which I didn't think was possible. So I, um, I rounded up a few friends of mine at the time before we started Free to Feed. There was three of us who were pregnant and three of us with three-month-olds. And that's the six founding moms of Free to Feed and how we started. The very first meeting we had for Free to Feed was on April 5th of 2013. It was the same morning that was my due date with my baby boy. Mm. And on that due date, uh, we held our first meeting at 9 o'clock in the basement of the birth suite. And we had about 10, 12 people come. Um, later that afternoon, I sat on the doctor's table for my checkup on my due date. And nine minutes before midnight, my son was born. So we, they share a birthday. Free to Feed celebrates the same birthday as my son's birthday, which is fun. 
So anyhow, that's kind of how we started and it grew from there. We outgrew the birth suite. Several months later, we ended up moving to a bigger location because we did have a lot of people start to realize that they had um, a need for what we were offering and Mm -hmm. it, it grew pretty quick. That's awesome. So how many people do you think that are a part of Free to Feed right now? That's a great question. So over the past seven years, I say we've probably been able to help close to 3,000 moms wow. in our community. Um, those are people that have come through our organization, who have attended our meetings or any of our events that we've held. So that's, yeah, it's been a, a good outreach. Yeah. When we first started as Free to Feed, it was just kind of a social hour and about a six, seven months into it, when I started to have 30 to 35 women sitting around in a room every week, I realized I had an audience. And mm-hmm. rather than just sit and chit-chat as the support group, I, I wanted to really provide some education for these moms. Mm-hmm. So that's when we turned it into a nonprofit status and had a board of directors and had our filing status as a nonprofit. We um, started a membership to collect the dues for that. And then we started bringing in guest speakers. So mm-hmm. we, we remain as a two-hour meeting every week, the first hour with motherhood support, as it's always been. But the second hour, we actually bring in a guest speaker from the community. Mm. And that guest speaker is usually holistically orientated to empower the moms mm-hmm. to do things more naturally. So we really enjoy that part of our community. Yeah. I, I want to go back just to, to the breastfeeding for a minute. Why, why do you feel like that, it, that it's so important to help women in that journey of breastfeeding? That's a great question. So breastfeeding often comes to a lot of women as something that it will come natural to them. So they're pregnant and they don't really think twice about breastfeeding because it's something that they want to do. And so they assume when I have my baby, I'll just breastfeed. Mm. But there's little education on how sometimes it can be challenging to breastfeed. And so women are all of a sudden struck instantly with the idea um, that they're having some challenges and that they maybe can't all of a sudden breastfeed because of the struggles and lack of support. So that's why Free to Feed started off as a breastfeeding support group. I found a, a big passion in helping people meet those goals. That's kind of my God-given uh, talent, I guess you could say, or gift mm-hmm. is to serve and support people. So a funny story, actually, um, free to feed about a year into it got really, it grew pretty quick. And they, a lot of moms started thinking about weaning their little uh, one-year-olds. And they asked, do we have to leave free to feed if we're mm-hmm. not breastfeeding anymore? Because it really was started as a breastfeeding support group. And we said, of course not. So we kind of evolved into a motherhood support group. But There was a couple of jealous people in town that wanted to shut free to feed down and they put a petition out on Facebook Mm. to shut free to feed down. And they said on there, the lady running free to feed breastfeeding support group doesn't even have a breastfeeding degree. And, you know, I turned (laughs) that lemon into lemonade and realized that's something I could pursue. So as a respiratory therapist, um, I turned around and went and uh, researched how to become a certified lactation education counselor and and started my own business, Soundstart Lactation Education. So jumping into this support for women actually led you to a further career for yourself Correct. that has helped you reach even more women. Going back to what you're saying about supporting women in breastfeeding and how you know you just think it's natural. I remember my last baby. I'd, I'd nursed three babies before him, so I thought, yeah, I know what I'm doing. And you came over just to offer your, your services, and you pointed out that he had a lip tie, and you helped him latch on a little bit better. I probably would not have even noticed that I had an issue there and you were able to, to help me and support me out. So I think that is something that women don't realize that that there are ways to be more successful 
And sometimes I, I believe women give up before they've given themselves that opportunity. What are some of the benefits then of breastfeeding? Yeah, so, you know, breastfeeding, I, I learned early on in my career that breastfeeding isn't for everyone, and that's okay. Um, there are some women that emotionally can't get there. We have some stories of obviously sexually abused women who really want to breastfeed, but emotionally, physically, they just can't get there, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some women who um, don't know enough about breastfeeding that choose to formula feed, and that's okay as well. Mm-hmm. And we've had several moms come to Free to Feed as a motherhood support group with other concerns of sleep training or diaper rashes who bottle feed and formula feed, and then eventually hanging out with our little motherhood group, they realize and learn about breastfeeding, and their second and third child they've breastfed. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of neat to be able to Um, see that education be a huge determinant for whether they're going to actually breastfeed or not. So it's not for everybody. And I learned that I couldn't want the mom to breastfeed more than the mom herself. Right. (laughs) And that was hard for me because I I want everyone to be able to breastfeed, right? I I love it. I, I enjoyed it. But it's not for everybody. So once we acknowledge that and we offer our services to those who want to be able to breastfeed, then the idea is to be able to bring them education and support. And there's lots of benefits to breastfeeding. Obviously, everyone knows the health benefits. You know, breastfeeding has a lot of immune system uh, builders in there. That colostrum is super, super important for baby. I always tell moms that if you can do small little short goals of breastfeeding, so maybe you don't really know if you want to breastfeed or not, but give it a good two weeks to start. Mm-hmm. And once you've hit those two weeks and you're, you've got at least, at least some colostrum in that baby, you can expand your goal to maybe a month and just take it a little bit at a time. But besides that, the bonding is really, really important. Mm -hmm. Obviously, um, it really does help. There's actually a really cool um, study that's been done that if you do extended nursing past the age of two years old, the teen rebellion rate lowers. So I'll let you know how that works out for us. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be fun to see, but... That is very interesting. So that's pretty cool. There's also a really cool phenomenon called licking your baby. Hmm. And if you research it, it's the idea of when your baby latches onto your breast, uh, their salivary glands and your breast mammary glands actually exchange communication. Mm. So if you have a child who's sick or ill um, with a bacterial infection or some kind of infection, it actually lets your body know and your body changes the consistency of that milk to mm. accommodate the needs of that baby. Mm-hmm. And you can do a cool science trick yourself, um, science experiment. You can actually pump while your baby's sick and collect some of that milk versus pumping when they're not sick. And the milk usually is different in color, which mm. is kind of fun to see. I'm learning all sorts of new stuff today. <laughs> this is cool. I love thinking about the abundance theory behind breastfeeding. This comes from an article on our website that you can look up. As any breastfeeding mother knows, those tug, tug, tugs at the breast as baby feeds tell the mother's body to make more milk for baby. The more baby is at the breast, the more milk the mother makes. In other words, the more the mother gives, the more she creates and is able to give. So that is the abundance theory in action. The more you give, the more you're able to give. And then we know that when a mother breast feeds cumulatively over time, with each child collectively, that there is a long-term health benefit for the mother. So again, the more the mother gives, the more she is given. I just think that's a really cool concept to remember, the abundance behind breastfeeding. And the other cool thing about that is there's something very empowering about um, breastfeeding your baby and seeing it grow with nothing other than the breast milk that you've provided. There is definitely something powerful about that. 
you just as that baby gets another five pounds bigger and another four inches longer it's like Mm -hmm. that baby has grown solely on the breast milk that I've provided through my body and it's pretty empowering yeah I remember having more awareness with this last child again I think because since I've become a part of big ocean women I have become more attentive to my feminine nature and my maternal gifts and biology and so this last pregnancy my eyes just felt a lot more open to this opportunity of creating life and then I remember holding this baby and thinking I created you and again I'd had three other children before but it hadn't had the impact on me as this last one where I was like you came from inside of me everything about you was developed inside of me and then I'm feeding you and everything that you are becoming is because of what I'm able to give you and it it really is it's an empowering experience you did mention about having the excess the more baby breastfeeds the more it demands from that body Mm -hmm. and um, it's it's actually really cool concept the supply and demand theory it's the foundation of successful breastfeeding the sad thing is uh, the majority of women who stop breastfeeding, they stop for the simple reason that they feel that they don't have enough milk supply. Mm. The percentage of women who actually don't have enough mammary glands to produce milk is about 1% worldwide, mm. 3% nationwide because of our breast augmentation surgeries here in the U.S. and reductions. But really, it's the education piece of if you don't have enough supply, you simply put the baby to the breast more and all of a sudden Mm. you have more supply. So you have that much control over that body. It's for the same reason a mom who has twins can produce enough milk for two babies. babies. And you wonder, well, does she have bigger breasts, mammary glands? No, she just has a higher demand. Mm -hmm. And we tap into that phenomenon and it's really important for moms to understand that. I would love to hear some success stories through your experience with Free to Feed. Yeah, absolutely. So the biggest thing that um, we see come through Free to Feed is a lot of moms who feel discouraged you know our western medicine it fights against that that maternal instinct a lot of the times we want to breastfeed our babies we're we're doing a good job breastfeeding but as soon as we hit that well check visit somehow we lose confidence because of what's told to us at this visit you know your baby's not on the correct scale they're not gaining weight sufficiently Mm -hmm. and these moms get really discouraged and that's where I feel like free to feed is such a great cushion for these moms because if they come every week they're able to compare their child to all the other children in the room and how their child really isn't underweight it's it's a normal difference in weight it's the same reason if you and I were to do a juice fast for 10 days we most likely wouldn't lose the same amount of weight Mm -hmm. because our genetics and our bodies react differently same with little babies they they gain different weights with breast milk so that's a big thing is bringing them support and encouragement it's also refreshing to be around uh, other people in your same life stage um, when there's a struggle with sleep mm-hmm. with eating uh, picky eaters and you're like oh my gosh what am I doing wrong why won't my child eat any kind of food but Mm -hmm. chicken nuggets and mac and cheese you know and all of a sudden you hear other people say oh my gosh my baby's not sleeping either I'm up all night Mm. you just feel refreshed to know okay I'm not alone and I'm not doing anything wrong and this is normal even though it sucks (laughs) yeah so it's good we need that support it's encouraging and it's empowering Here's another quote from our website. As more women are supported in their motherhood and breastfeeding relationships, we create a nurturing culture. I think that's what you're doing with Free to Feed is that nurturing culture. And when we nurture a mother, we nurture a family, a community, and a generation. So that impact reaches beyond the the mom herself. It's influencing her family and her generations beyond. Amen. 
Let's talk a little bit about the model of powerful impact. I think that leads in well here that as empowered women, we recognize that our influence is vast. Our power originates from God and like the ripples of a pond, our positive energy naturally flows outward to impact our family and then to our community. This is how real and generative changes are made in the world. So your service in Free to Feed, how, how has that impacted the women? I mean, we've talked about the support part of it, but what other impact have you seen? Well, I feel like we get a good sense of community. See, Free to Feed is just the foundation of that motherhood process. So you have all of these moms who we serve pregnancy to preschool age moms. That's where their motherhood stages are. But several of us have already left that motherhood stage. So from here, we go on to the next stage, and that's our school-age children. So we've kind of nurtured these moms for the past three, four, five, six years into seeing things more holistically minded, being able to empower them not only with breastfeeding, but motherhood and parenting skills. But now they get a sense of just a step higher and thinking outside the box, because normally we would follow in the direction of whatever your neighbor's doing, right? Your kids mm. send, uh, your neighbor's kids them to, sends them to kindergarten. So you send your kid to kindergarten and then they go to first grade in this school and then they go to the first grade. And But this community has kind of formed a pretty tight niche community where some moms are starting to think about outside the box education and, mm-hmm. and homeschooling. And they've been enjoying their parenting and homeschooling is really an extension of that parenting ages, right? So we are now forming a community outside mm-hmm. of free to feed into the next stage, and that's mm-hmm. the school age children. And we're trying to continue that life of living together life. Yeah. Um, so homeschool is probably the next step. So I see that it's it's kind of a mentality or a, if you will, of life and changing outside yeah. the thinking box. So another impact would be on your children. What has been the positive impact on your children? So I think my children, specifically my older daughter, who's, you know, 10 years old, I think she sees the sacrifice that I do to give to a community. You know, she she comes with me every Wednesday and she sees moms crying on my shoulder and, and struggling with parenting and mothering. And she sees how I'm there every week and I don't get paid for it. So it's a volunteer, mm-hmm. you know, time spent to really just support these women that where else would they go to with these problems or issues or struggles that they have? So my, I think my daughter has really seen the, the, the parts of life that some people don't really see of giving back to the community. And then when we're out and about and a, a free-to-feed mom runs into me at the park, they seem so excited to see me and, mm. and thankful and introduce me to their friends and share about their group that's brought them so much joy. I know a lot of moms are struggling right now with postpartum depression. And so free to feed is sometimes the only place and the only time of the week that they escape their home mm. from their depression because they look forward to that. And and I knew that that was something that helped them from the get-go. So we started creating events daily. So free to feed tries to uh, offer a, an event every day, a hiking group one day, a park play day, a toddler time, just so that every day of the week there's somewhere you can be if there's you're struggling. There's plenty of opportunities. Yes. Yeah, that's incredible. Tell us a success story that you've experienced, someone that has personally flourished because of being a part of Free to Feed. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, there's a couple stories. One was probably three or four years ago, there was a good community of moms that came regularly. Usually moms will come for a good year. Our, our season is from September to May. And then June, July, and August is kind of just park play dates for the most part. But a few years back, there was a good uh, six or seven moms that started coming, all brand new to Free to Feed. 
and they were all kind of pregnant at the same time and gave birth all at the same time and started breastfeeding at the same time. So they established a really great friendship from Free to Feed. They no longer come to Free to Feed, but they've brought that, kept that friendship going. Mm-hmm. They've gone to Disneyland, all of them together, mm-hmm. just the moms and mm-hmm. the babies. Um, you see them posting on Facebook pages of the fun stuff that they're still doing all together. Mm-hmm. So those lifelong friendships during motherhood is one thing we've seen. I've seen a lot of need for milk, breast milk donations. And, and back in the day, I used to I used to take the milk into my freezer and hold it in case somebody needed it. And But now it's been, um, there's such a need of giving milk and mm. receiving milk that we created a Facebook page for it. So we've got moms here in our community that post, hey, I've got all this milk, who needs it? And wow. tons of moms saying, hey, I need some milk, who's yeah. got it? So just being able to continually offer that support in more than one way to our community. We have had some cool stories of, uh, moms, uh, surviving moms of breast cancer, being able to feed a baby exclusively breastfeeding on one breast mm. for the whole year. Yeah. Um, you know, things that you might not think need that kind of support or could even be possible, but we've been able to support Making people like that. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to that abundance, you know, one can be enough. In our communities around the world, we know of situations where something needs to change. So what would you say to someone who recognizes a need in their community, but they're unsure about taking that first step or jumping into that opportunity to be part of the solution? So a lot of times when I see a need in something that I'm wanting to accomplish, I don't necessarily do all of it myself. You know, a lot of people here in our community think that I'm doing all of this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's not necessarily that I'm doing it all, Sometimes I'll have all the ideas, but I actually delegate Mm -hmm. a lot of it and find resources or people who can help me. So that would be my biggest suggestion is if people have ideas or if they have concerns of something that's failing in their community, it would be to definitely to reach out and find people if they're not able to or have that personality to go and get it done is to find someone who can. You know, I think that's a it's a gift to have people in your community that are willing to work hard to provide these kinds of resources and there's a lot of people that I reach out to and ask for help and free to feed back in the day when it first started a lot of those activities throughout throughout the weeks were things that I did because I liked to go to hike with my baby and I liked to push a stroller and do stroller steps and I liked to go to the park play dates I don't do that anymore but those events are still happening because I've created and asked leaders to step up and say hey Mm -hmm. I see that you like to hike why don't you lead a hiking group and so we've brought those leaders kind of built them up into leadership positions so that our organization can continue to grow so just look for those resources it's not necessarily that you have to do it all or that you have to you know do it one man show look for those people who can help you yeah you don't have to do everything you find the people that feel that that have the skill set that maybe you don't and you work together I think that's great is there anything else that you want to add as part of this conversation no but thanks for having me it's been wonderful to chat the biggest thing I can encourage is to remind all of the women out here to love each other I think women have such a cool power about us when you get into a room full of women there is an energy there and we don't really have to do anything it's just the energy that we provide god gave us that energy and it's great to be able to continue to open that light up and love each other bring love and light and just love on each other be kind yes awesome great insights thank you aditi for sharing your insights and giving us an example of how we can reach out in our communities 
if someone wanted to reach out to you and learn more about Free to Feed or ask any questions, is there a way that they can get in touch with you? Absolutely. Free to Feed is located on a social media page. Um, the platform's through Facebook, and our backslash is F2FSTG. That stands for Free to Feed of St. George, so F2FSTG. And then as far as um, my lactation business, it's soundstarteducation.com. We do offer services um, nationwide. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I hope for those of you listening that you're able to leave this conversation feeling inspired to go out and do your part. Sometimes that's within the walls of your own homes. In fact, it starts and ends there and there's no greater place to be an influence. And then when you see the need and feel the call, take courage, take action, and you will be the change the world needs. You have been listening to Currents, a podcast by Big Ocean Women. You can find us on the internet at bigoceanwomen.org, on Instagram, and on Facebook. If you're interested in joining or starting a cottage, reach out to us on any of those platforms and we'll get you connected. Content today created by me, Dana Rob. Our guest has been Aditi Aromi. Music is first drained by Ian Post. Please join us again for in-depth discussions about interesting ideas and fascinating people who are trying to make a difference in their communities.